Go on. Okay. Shall I? Shall we go then? You're introing, aren't you? Because I'm doing all the bloody questions. Yeah. This. Yeah. I'll, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward to this one. Switch on, son. We're here to hopefully persuade you, entertain you and inspire you through informed conversations to challenge and educate yourself. You know, about the big issues. We are the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast. I'm Stuart the Wild Man Mabba and today we're going to be talking about a question from Roman in Slovakia who challenges me and my co-host about you know why why we don't drive or drive as much as you would think. Have a think yourself. Do you drive more than you need to? don't know it's something that relates to us all i say i'm stuart the wild man mabbit my job is about getting people out into nature in as many ways as possible and this week i've been trying to do a lot of writing trying to get some more manuscripts finished and you know get, get things out into public who's the co-host uh yeah my name is william manclo thanks very much for being with us especially you that have just uh, ran out of your bathroom because there's a spider in it um <laughs> The analogies have been replaced by these people doing things. I just I yeah. could just imagine what people are doing whilst they're listening to the podcast. Um, yeah. I do a live show every week. Uh, one of my biggest challenges this week has been... Well, I've actually overcome a challenge recently, Stuart, and you're very aware of this, because I've actually I've been looking for a location to do my live show that's outside of my home for ages, ages and ages, mm. and I've just been able to find one just by sheer serendipity, I think is the best way of putting it, by, by just being in the right place at the right time and it's in a lovely chalet in the back garden and uh, it, it makes it makes this live show such a such a different experience but my challenge with the live show is to is to make it keep it relevant keep it entertaining um, and keep the topics fresh and keep it keep it fresh for me as well so I don't get stale uh, because you know what I'm like Stuart I'm, I'm sometimes like a white loaf of bread I get stale don't I yeah it lays heavy on your stomach if you eat it too early in the morning <laughs> Anyway, um, these conversations roam and meander all over. <laughs> these conversations roam and meander all over the place, and uh, uh, things we talk about: sustainability, climate, human condition, a whole range of things. Yeah, this, they all inter- intertwine. Yeah, this question is—it's really interesting because we've had this is the third question we've had from Roman. So thanks, Roman, for sending this in, and I hope you're listening to this. Because uh, you can hear our answer. I mean, yeah, I think I imagine you listen to all episodes, don't you? But anyway, talking specifically to Roman, just one person. Mm. Mostly, you know, that's what I'm doing right mm. now. But the, the the question, the first question was about a specific subject, and the second one was a reaction to our reply. Yeah. It feels like we're having a very, very, very long, drawn out conversation. <laughs> Yeah, without well, actually without actually knowing what the other person is like and what the actual yeah. <laughs> because the question is framed around this whole thing about uh about car ownership so yeah. the the, the, the first two, his first two questions were were about road use in a very in 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 a roundabout kind of a term so transport is part of uh roman's life i just wonder if he works for the highways department over in slovakia i don't know or or, or he's just somebody who does a lot of driving i'm not i'm not yeah. familiar with how what it's like, what public transport is like in Slovakia. Uh, but yeah. one day I would like to get to Slovakia. Uh, Bratis- What's the question then? Oh, I'd like to get to Bratislava. Bratislava is in Slovakia, yeah. isn't it? Anyway, you can cut this. No you idea. Can cut, cut this rubbish out, can't you? Yeah, the question, the question is, uh, will there ever be a time when habitual consumption will be frowned upon? First question. You both say, Stuart and myself, we don't own cars. Isn't the boycotting of those purchases cutting your nose off despite your faces? 
Aren't you limiting yourselves by not making these purchases? I'm just going to release the hounds. I'm going to release Stuart. <laughs> I can feel he's he's, he's he's on edge. He's, he's he wants to yeah. he wants to what's the what's the, what's the phrase? Air uh, your bladder. Yeah, I'm going to air my bladder. Something's rattled my cage. I well, I like to start with actually the first part and ignore the uh, personal uh, directed part of that and just so. It, 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 will there ever be a time where habit, habitual consumption will be frowned upon? In some cultures, it already is. Um, in some cultures, that's being lost. In some cultures, it's coming back in that it will be frowned upon. I don't think habitual consumption will ever or should ever die out because if it dies out, the future generations won't actually see what's bad about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I don't, so I don't see a time where it, anything will ever die out fully. Yeah, I mean, think about let's just really go into what habitual consumption is. So, I'm, I'm guessing it's just basically you just buy it because it's there and you've got the money. Mm. I mean, I've, I've yeah. definitely been in that sort of place myself. I mean, I was just thinking about how will it be frowned upon? Um, no, not really. I don't think it would be. I think it's sometimes it's again the whole thing about ownership. Sometimes it's mm. um, we often see it's not just uh, what you own; it's how much you own. Well, you know, if we refer mm. back to this whole idea of property ownership, it's you know, mm. if you own a flat, you know, you'll be seen as being more successful if you own a mansion, right? Mm. So more consumption, yeah. consume more, have more, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, for me, mm. I, I think that my consumption is very extraordinary, and on the whole, is very low. I don't consume very much. I don't buy very much. One thing, because I don't necessarily have the money to do it anyway, but I've also come to the realisation that um, actually buying things um, don't, doesn't make me happy. Doesn't lead to, mm. to doesn't lead to fulfilment in my life. It doesn't lead to happiness. The experience mm. of life it makes me happy. In fact, when I do buy something, I've really considered it. Do I really need it? Can I buy it secondhand? For example, I'd buy quite a few of my clothes secondhand. Um, but when I buy something brand new, I then really want to look after it because it's something I've 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 really thought about and I've really wanted and I've really needed and I really then. Um, cherish it is something that's 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 important to me whereas habitual mm. consumption leads to this thing of like uh primark sort of idea mm. of just buying clothes for uh, for one thing uh, there are mm. other brands available and um mm. but yeah that's that sort of thing but i will but it the, be will it be frowned upon yeah I've, not really i don't think i don't think that would ever really be frowned mm. upon i think there will always be habitual com- uh consumption somewhere but I think this frowning upon will come and go like the tides. Sometimes it will be, sometimes it won't. Um, but moving on, as you both say you don't owe cars, isn't this boycotting of the purchases cutting your nose off to spite your face? Uh, I don't think we've ever said we've boycotted uh, the purchase of cars, have we, uh, uh, Roman? Right. Are you talking to Roman or are you talking to me? Um, the, yeah. um, we may have. We may have talked about boycotting something, but no, no boycotting the purchases of cars. Not specific, not specifically, no. But now uh, we don't we don't want to make this podcast about ourselves. That's what we've always said. No. It's it's about the it's about the about the subject. But specifically, mm. this question, I think we have to sort of talk about ourselves a little bit mm. in this answer. So, so why don't you? Uh, why don't you? You drive, but you don't own a car. Explain why it's not boycotting. Quite simply, quite simply put, I do not need a car. 
I just don't need it to do to live my everyday life. I've I've done many different bits of work. The, I think the main thing is I've been able to stay stay in one location for a, for, a, for a very long time. I've been in my hometown my entire life, and I've never needed a car. I just never needed it. Um, right now, my my options as far as getting around are uh, start with the really obvious of walking and cycling. And then there's using the bus, there's using a train, uh, flying when I can do, but that's uh, my my least used mm-hmm. uh, method of transport. But I also have access to, uh, I'm a member of a car sharing club and have been for over 10 years. So if I do need a car for whatever reason, and I tell you what, there was one, there's one moment very recently where um, I had to go and rescue my mum because... Um, she, one, the train that she was supposed to catch, some, catch home had been cancelled so I could get that car very last minute and I could drive at 11 o'clock in the evening and go and pick her up from a, from a, from a train station mm. in the middle of nowhere uh, so mm. I, it's, I've, it's not boycotting at all I just do not need it do you want to talk about your your, your um, sort of where, why because you, you have a driving licence that's been suspended because of your health conditions yeah. But you, you did pass your test, but you've never driven, have you? Yeah. Before I go into that, there I'm noticing a lot of young people in their 20s, they're just not driving because a lot of their work is online. Yeah. They're, 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 you know, that they go on train and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's I, interesting, the younger generation, that it's not a natural stepping stone for I them. I did remember, I do remember sort of either I heard it or somebody said it to me that the last 10 years the uh the trend or the the, the amount of driving driving tests has gone down hmm. the, the, yeah. it's gone it's gone down quite quite dramatically because yeah. it's maybe it's also because they might be a little bit more aware of their their, their impact but also that just the way mm. the work has changed and, and covid has changed that as well will change that mm. but also especially in a city like oxford just bugger to park anywhere and to, and so, to and to drive anywhere as well because it's a, mm. such a it's such a it's a yeah. medieval city, especially the city centre, mm. and uh, there's a lot. There are restrictions. There are going to be more restrictions, mm. I believe, in the future as yeah. well. But uh, before I go on to mine, I just want to point out with you, William. You're saying that you know there's no point owning a car because a lot largely it'd be sat on the drive or the parking space doing nothing. So you might as well only have it when you need it. Yes, and there's also the other side of things as well. And my wife and I have. have discussed many times of getting a maybe getting a lease car uh, but there would have to be a very good reason for it because mm. uh, what we've noticed is and this is just uh, our own observation we have a neighbor who didn't have a car and the only way they got around was walking or cycling and every time they go out they'd cycle every time they go out they'd walk every time now they've got a car even if they have to go around the corner and i mean literally a, a two-minute walk if at the most they'd still drive there it's almost like mm. once you've got the car that's all you do. You just all you do is drive, mm. and I've never wanted to get into that position of being car dependent. The car dependency yep. is a huge issue in America for me. You know, mm. the US has this huge car dependency issue because of the way their cities are designed, and mm. I want to still. I want to just. I want to be and live in a place like the UK here, which we, you know, we, we Oxford's okay for cycling. It can be better, and uh, other ways of getting around as well. I just don't want to be specifically tied down to thinking oh, okay I, i'll mm. drive everywhere now mm. okay so my reason for not driving well it was just not something i i, I from a child that i had any interest in doing it wasn't a, an aspiration 
So when I was growing up, it wasn't something I was going to do. Um, when I got to uh, teenage years, um, I, I was seeing all this pollution and I'm thinking, well, I want to live a life where it's slower. I, I don't need, because my granddad used to say to me before he passed, he used to say, we're all going to end up in a box one day. Don't be in a hurry to get there. So, I, yeah, this is my speed of my life. Two, I wanted to show that it's possible to live your life without a car. Another reason is like you, I don't actually need one. Um, and none of those are more important than the other. And then there's the underlying thing. Uh, in theory, I've been told my father was killed in a road accident. And when I did learn to pass my test, I didn't enjoy it. One, because that was in my mind. I was very tense. Two, uh, I was a very natural driver. Uh, as soon as I got in the car, the guys said, well, you, we'll get you driving very quickly because your hand-eye coordination was perfect. Um, the reason I learned to uh, pass my test was I was a cyclist. I used to cycle nearly to one to 200 miles a week. And uh, I wanted to be a better cyclist by understanding how car owners um, you use the road, see the world. Um, and so I passed my test first time. Uh, I think it was about March 16th, 1990. Got my little pink certificate and uh, never, 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 never drove. And uh, I had a load of hassle from people and, you know, it wasn't a problem to me. Uh, and so I sent the license back. Um, uh, and so people stopped talking about it. I claimed the license back about a few years later because it was good ID. But then, uh, a few years ago, not too long ago, I was diagnosed with epilepsy. So it, it was, uh, I forget what the word is, but it, it was taken away. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have to prove that I don't have a, a seizure. I think, it a might be, I think it might be suspended. Because it's not like it's been, it's been taken from you. Your license is still there. Yeah. So it would still act as, a, say you had the license, it would still act as a, a form of ID. You just can't yeah. use can't use it as a as yeah. a driving license. Yeah, so they're my reasons. I'm not boycotting anything. Um, to to say about uh, it's a very good point you you make about isn't that limiting yourself by making these purchases? Hmm. That's a good, I remember uh, that's a good question. I think that's probably the best out of this the whole thing here. Aren't yeah. we limiting ourselves? And I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there was a question about how um, oh somebody was asking you. Um, don't you miss don't, well, don't you miss not driving or something like that was yeah. the question no, like, do, do you enjoy not driving do you enjoy not driving it's like well, how can you enjoy something you're not doing <laughs> yeah but no um, uh, and the, uh, drivers tend, tend to phrase questions like this to me and there was one one person who should have known better my mum's brother <laughs> he ain't listening so I don't care um, he, he once uh, uh when I was really ill in about 2014, I was over at his house and he was criticising everything about, about he'd just recently lost his wife and so he was taking everything out on everybody else. He was criticising my marriage and and then criticising, saying, oh, and I said to him, well, you know, I'm I'm really, really ill. I said, I'm, I, 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 I've got this business I can't run. Uh, I, I said, I just need ideas. He said, well, why don't you just go and get a, a, a job in, in, a, in a factory in, Whit in Whitney and, and, and I said, well, I can't drive there. And he said, well, you're limiting yourself then, aren't you? Uh, because, you, you, you know, I said, why do I want to get a car to go and work in a factory? 
Uh, and I couldn't hold down a job uh, because because of my, my ill health. I couldn't actually drive because my arthritis was bad. I couldn't actually move my legs. Um, and, and he was saying, oh, you're limiting yourself because you can't get, get these jobs uh, in these factories because you can't drive there. And mm. I said, I'm not limiting myself because I've made a life decision that this is what I want to do as a job. I do not want... What I was asking him is, how can I keep running my business and earn money? Yeah. Not, yeah. no, not. I, I can't earn any money. What can I do? It's not. It is because he'd only ever worked for him. Well, he, he had worked for himself for a bit, but had a failed business, went bankrupt and stuff. But that, that just means he didn't know how to run a proper business. Anyway, but he ain't listening, so I, I, it doesn't matter. Um, the uh, but but he'd always been an employee, uh, and it's sort of like uh, he was giving me giving me advice about how, how to run my business. Uh, which, which was give up the business because he didn't really understand, you know, what why you do that. You know, you one, I'd never be able to work with somebody else because I know too much. And two, you know, I'm not limiting myself. I'm just, I'm made in life choices, the direction. I mean, it's you. You, you don't wear a suit. Are you limiting yourself? No, you choose not to wear a suit. I would, I would also ask, ask the question and just flip the tables here as well. Are you limiting yourself by making these purchases? You know, are you limiting yourself by buying a car? Because then that's just how you view the world. I think so many people will get into their car and suddenly, from a perspective of somebody who does so much cycling here in Oxford, that um, there's a lot of really good drivers, and I will say that right now. In fact, when I cycled to, I'm recording this at Stewart's, I cycled from home, there there was a couple of really good drivers and they gave me lots of space and... They, they were just very um, aware, aware of that I was on the road. But it's been so many times when I, uh, the, the, a driver is squeezed, a car is squeezed past me with the least amount of space possible. And it, it seems to be that people will get in their vehicles, get in a car and be, think they're the only person on that road. You know, there's the, the whole thing. Oh, look at this traffic. Look at this traffic. And you're like, well, you know, you're not in traffic. You are traffic. <laughs> mm. You know, it's the, it's the mindset of like uh, that. So, are you limiting yourself by, by, by car ownership? The one thing I will say about a car share club, which is um, one thing that a lot of people ask me is how do you pay for it, which is really fascinating because, of course, if you don't know what it is and how it works, basically you pay per hour and you pay per mile and that's it. And that's mm. all you have to pay for. You don't have to think, mm. but you don't have to take time to go out and buy your car. You don't have to have, you don't have to keep the maintenance up. The actual car company, car share company mm. maintains it. Uh, I don't have to, I don't have to think about um, servicing it or like I said, insurance in it, doing the insurance. And once I've finished with the car, I'd return it back to its designated spot. I make sure that it's got enough fuel in it for the next person and I make sure it looks it's nice and it's relatively nice and tidy. I take all my stuff away from me, I lock the car up and I walk away and I've got no more responsibility for that car. I don't have to spend any time on 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 thinking about that car again until I use it again. Yeah. And I yeah, think, I, I, think life... I think there's so many so many so many people who own cars, they don't they, they, they make mm. it the sort of centre of their world, you know. They don't realise just how much time they spend on them. Making life choices doesn't mean you're limiting. It's just you don't want your life to go that way. And yeah. uh, it, and it was sort of like, you know, I didn't want to go and work for somebody else. I didn't want to do to, to go and work in a factory. You know, I, I wanted to find something in my work that I could do. Uh, mm. And uh, I remember whenever I, I when my mum was alive, I, I mean, I, I, I had a, a meeting over in Little Milton. <laughs> 
in South Oxfordshire. It doesn't run now, but there was a bus out there. And uh, I went out there and um, I remember my mum's brother, he heard about I'd been over there and he said, how, how on earth did he get there? And it's sort of like he could not understand how I could get anywhere without a car. Yeah, he didn't have yeah. a concept there as public. Oh, if I really wanted to, I'd have got a taxi there. It would have still been cheaper than owning a car. Because, yeah. okay, it would have cost 30 quid for the taxi fare. But, you know, and and then uh, the, the, the other thing what I was going to say was I remember when I was really, really ill and I only ever phoned him for help a couple of times in my life. And I, I needed to get over to Bicester, where he lived. Well, he didn't, he didn't live there. He lived over just north of Bicester by, by quite a way. I needed to get there, and I was in a lot of pain. I didn't really have the money to pay for a taxi to get there and back. And I had to, I had to have this stall at this event, and I phoned him up. And I said, look, it's a Saturday afternoon, but could you just come and pick me up and take me over? I said, I've never asked you for a lift anywhere. And, uh, and he, he said no. And I kept pushing pushing i really had to be there and he was the only person i who was available who i knew was available in the end he did it against his will and he said to me you are limiting yourself because he said you can't get yourself here i said even if i had a car i couldn't drive the damn thing because i can't move my legs properly and he said you're 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 very reliant on other people getting lifts i'm not i i i if if somebody's going the same way as me we'll car share I don't expect a lift. I, I, I make the assumption I've got to get there myself. But if somebody's going there, then uh, I, 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 that's not reliant on other people. It's you still, know, and I remember yeah. that. And I remember there was this culture in my mother's family, and it has only come into light after since she passed, that um, a lot of the family stayed away because they, they made the assumption we, we would expect them to take us somewhere in their car. <laughs> Because I remember we used to go, my mum and I used to go over to my granddad's every other Saturday. And we, we, used, to, we used to have a really, because we wanted to spend time with him. And we used to go, um, most summer afternoons, uh, he'd just say, let's go for a drive. And if we weren't there, he would just get in the car and drive. He was the sort of person who'd drive, get to a junction and say, right, which way should we go? And you had some fantastic journeys going that, doing that. And uh, they heard about this, and then we never heard about it, but there was a lot of resentment saying we only went over there because it, it, it was our only way of getting out. Right. And uh, right. we were going over there because we wanted to spend time with my, with my granddad. They didn't spend time with him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 and it was sort of, I remember there was a family wedding probably about 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, and it was in Evesham. And uh, they had this conversation amongst themselves saying, oh, well, Dawn and Stuart won't go because they won't be able to get there. Hello, there's a railway station in Evesham. <laughs> you yes. know? Yes. That wasn't, that, wasn't, that wasn't where you made a really bad joke, was it? And was yeah, it, it was. Uh, yeah, okay, it was. Yeah, that was, when, that was when we were waiting for a train back from a radio show. If I remember uh, rightly. Yeah, so it's, it's very, yeah, exactly. It's very interesting that uh, my mother's family kept their distance from us because... They thought we were weaved. Because I remember there was one occasion uh, when my mum's, one of my mum's other brothers turned up and one of the, another relation had moved house. And he, he randomly was sat on our sofa and said, oh, do you fancy nipping over there to see their new house? And, it, it, and, and uh, my mum said, yeah, why not? It will take us a while to get over there. Otherwise, we'll have to work out the bus route. 
Uh, and he stood up, and I saw this look come over his face. And when he got to the front door, he turned and stopped and looked at us. He said, this is a one-off, though. Don't expect me to take you over every time. And that insight gave, gave me an insight into the hidden family thinking. These people don't drive. They, they expect us to get them everywhere. Uh, uh, and it's sort of like, I remember this, another brother, that, that, that he was in hospital in Birmingham, at the Princess, I think it's Queen Elizabeth Hospital or Queen Mother Hospital or something. It's a military hospital. And he cut, he cut his hand, and uh, we, we went in there. The first thing he said was, oh, it's great to see you, thanks for coming. He looked at us and said, how on earth did you get here? Lying ill in hospital, and the first thought is, these people don't drive, how on earth did we get here? And then we, do you know what we said? Go on. We walked. Did, did we you walk? Did, did you walk? Of course not. I got a train to, to Birmingham New Street, and then got a taxi. You should have said you, know? yeah, you should have just stuck with that. I think. I was just thinking yeah. about how you, you mentioned mentioned like when you first started talking about why you don't own a car is that um, it just wasn't it just wasn't a thing for you. It just didn't mm. even you didn't even consider it. No. Right? It just wasn't. No. That's the same for me. I mean, I I, I mean, my my dad drove quite a bit. He 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 had a, he had a company car, and you know, one one job he actually had he had to drive to had to drive to it because it was uh, in Gloucestershire. Um, in fact, his last work was in in Tame, so he'd ha- he'd, he had mm. to drive. There was no other way of getting there. Yeah, but, fair re- enough. Reliably, which is fine. You know, that's fine. But um, I do remember. But in a way, I, I in a way, in a way, he got his life in that situation where he, he got himself in that situation where I never took jobs that ultimately would lead to me somewhere down the line having to travel longer distance and having to drive. Mm-hmm. My, my, I, so it, I would probably argue that your father, the direction his life took when he was younger, took him to the point where there was no other way to do it. I would never have got myself in a position where it was drive or, or, or not, you know, because it's the direction you choose to take your life in. Yeah, and, and even, even, when I, even when I was working myself, when I was working in Abingdon, which is... Uh, a town just south of Oxford, about six, seven yeah. miles south, south of Oxford. So it's not really cyclable on a re- on a regular basis. Um, I would cycle to the bottom, the, the south of the city, and then get a bus and then walk. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's how that was part of my day. That I made that yeah. part of my day. I made the. the I actually yeah. started a a, a a small photography um, a sort of project because I was just doing daily images. So every time I would walk from the bus stop to where I was working. I'd um, take a photograph. Um, it was—it's a choice, isn't it? I think. I think. Yeah. I think. I mean. I think. I feel. I feel. I'm in a really good place as far as my decisions because I've got access to a car. If I, it, pretty much twenty-four, twenty-four-seven. But I don't have to pay for it if I don't use it. Um, mm. it the the other option I also always have is well is a is a hire car. So if it's any anything mm. longer than a day, I'll be looking to get a hire car. Mm. You know, you can get hire cars for pretty pretty reasonable, maybe thirty or forty pounds a day. You can get a good a good good mm. hire car. Um, mm. it, in Finland, when we go to Finland, you know, it's it's really it's really good to have a have a license and have a, be able to drive because it means that we can drive across the country. We can get to uh, my mother-in-law's, which is about forty-five minute drive from the local airport, and we need to drive because she's on her own. She doesn't drive mm. herself, um, and we don't like to rely on other people because mm. they're busy doing work and all that sort of stuff. Um, they, they don't mind giving us a lift. There's no, there's no, there's no issue there. But it just means it gives us, it does give us freedom. So mm. actually, having a car does give you freedom, 
really does. I mean, yeah. my mum really misses having a car. You know, you were just talking about, was it your granddad, grandfather, that was yeah. to, to just yeah. go down, down to the road and say, which way, which way should we go? That, I can yeah. reflect on that in my own life when my mum got the car because she didn't have a car for about almost 15 years um when my sister got her first car my mum would drive it as well and we just go out on a, we just go out somewhere and she missed she missed that freedom the car brings freedom but i think that it's we've gone to this other extent the other mm. extreme of it actually you're tied to your car and you do everything in your car mm. you don't you, you don't think about you can't think of any other mm. way of going there um just one more anecdote that, that min had you know where we live of course Stuart, and uh, she'd yep she'd let she'd um she's got she had a friend who used to live in in, in blackbird lees and that's what about two miles right and um she'd gone there for a few drinks with friends and um her friend and a few other people that she didn't know or something like that. And um, they'd said about, um, oh, how did you get here? And Min um, said, oh, I, I walked. And they were like, you walked? So it's like to say, that, you know, you can't walk. You're walking more than to the end of your drive to pick your car up is, mm. is, is seen as almost like a, a hike. Mm. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's like when I asked my mum's brother for this lift, it, it was almost like you said, there, you, you, you're admitting you do need a car. And I'm thinking, no, this is just what people do who care about each other. But, you know, yeah. go, go back, uh, uh, Roman. If you took away the, what, what supposedly happened to my father, if you took away the fact that I'm trying to prove that you can exist without a car, you took away the fact that my life works on a very slow basis and I'm not limiting myself, but I, I actually don't need a car. Um, you, you, you know, I do call in some favours now and again. But I offer favours out. That's what life's about. You get rid of all those things. I still can't drive because I've got epilepsy. So I would honestly say, well, I'm not boycotting anything. I've just made some choices in my life. Yeah, and for me, I've made the choices that have led me to this point. I'm not. I'm no. I'm not discounting owning a car in the future. But I would just need mm. a very, very good reason to do it. Um, yeah. and, and somewhere to park the damn thing. Oh, that's that's true too. I, I feel I feel quite lucky that I do actually have a private parking space, mm. um, which um, other people use most of the time. Mm. Okay, so we're coming to the end of another podcast. Uh, we, in a, you may have heard in the previous utterances that we're taking this live at the Bothy Vineyard on the September the twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, at four thirty to six thirty. How can they get tickets, William? Uh, there's going to be an Eventbrite page. Uh, by the time this podcast goes out, that Eventbrite page would be up and running and we'd have sold out all our tickets, so tough luck. No, yeah. <laughs> it, will, it will be live. You can, you can, get, a, you can get a ticket. Um, if you do attend it, come along, attend this event because it's going to be a pilot event and you will have a big say in the future of the show. You'll have a real, mm. a real influence. A live show. A live show. You'll... We'll be able to stare into each other, the whites of each other's eyes, and and see and see if we're really telling the truth. Yeah, and and the idea of having it in front of a live audience is we'll have guests again, but the audience will be part of the conversation. So you and I will have to do less work because it's about the subject matter and people exploring it. We're just facilitating it. Yeah, I've got I've got this impression, right? Because Stuart, let's just run this by you. This idea, I'm not I'm not running by you. It's just because it's just occurred to me. Um, you've got these lovely sound recorders, and uh, what we could do is actually record sound bites. I like, I like normal sound bites. And then every so often, just when there's a lot in the conversation, just press play on a soundbite, yeah. <laughs> get the mm. conversation going again. Yeah. So yeah, what do you what exactly. do you what do you think about this issue? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So come along to that. Um, 
my, my hair will have changed colour again by then. It'll be a bit more green than it is now. My hair, um, my hair, my hair will be shorter because I'm getting it cut soon. <laughs> yeah. You see, your your idea of long hair is not my idea of long hair. Your idea of a long hair is an eyelash to me. <laughs> well, there's a, there's the, I remember when the uh, I read about when the Beatles had their mop cuts. You know, they had their their big mm. mop mop cuts. That was at yep. the time seen as long hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Okay, so I've been Stuart the Wild Man, but he's been... Uh, William Anclough, thanks very much, Roman, for your third question. And we look forward to seeing what your, your follow-up question to this, because like I said, it feels like we're having a very long, protracted conversation uh, through, 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 a, through a wall because we can't see each other. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's good to have uh, ongoing listeners. So hopefully you're an ongoing listener as well, and you'll be encouraged to listen in next time our next question is from reginald in kidlington who is a self-styled climate crisis denier and he said i suspect as a climate denier we're not going to air his views but we are what we are we're, yeah. we're, we're, that's what we're like here <laughs>